Alrighty, you guys are now tuned into another episode of the Littest Podcast on Earth. This is ZTV Presents The Ratchet Hour, okay? And today we're going to do things a little different today because I gave you guys a previous show that had everything in it. This show today is just about reality TV and all of the shows. I'm just catching you up on what's going on on all of these franchises, getting you guys into the drama and the swing of it all. So... Yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to let you guys know what's going on at all of the different shows, catch you guys up on what you might have missed, and just help you guys get caught up for when the new season starts coming around and stuff like that. So, first we're going to start off with Love and Hip Hop New York Part 1. I believe this is Season 10. So, this is definitely the seasons of the return of the OGs or whatever, so they wanted to call it this. And the season is separated out into not one season, but two so it's two parts of one season. And it just it ended a couple of weeks ago and they didn't have a reunion because they're gonna come back. And hopefully when they come back, is they come back with a vengeance or some energy because overall this season was really um lackluster. It was very tired. And in my opinion, it was very old. Like it felt like a more mature show. It felt like it wasn't it didn't feel like love and hip hop for sure. It didn't. But if you want to know about this season, it's like this season was another everyone versus Yandy season. You had um definitely you had Yandy versus Kimbella. You had um Juju versus Yandy. You had Chrissy versus Yandy. You had Erica Mena not like a Yandy. It's just like I don't at this point you can see that Yandy is getting frustrated. I don't know why Yandy still decides to do the show because it's clear that everyone is just so against her and so angry and just want to have a problem with Yandy. Like, that's what I get from this season. I get, like, everybody just wants to fight with Yandy because, in my opinion, Yandy is the star of the show. Like, Yandy is the one that's definitely... She's been here the most amount of seasons. The fans love her. It's like, if you don't even like Yandy, you have an opinion on Yandy. Yandy came on the show in season two and... She has been around constantly since then. Been a mainstay. Always have a story. Like Yandy isn't like um, Mimi or the other girls in Atlanta. Like she's not like Mimi. She's more like Carly. Like they've been on the show long. They're not boring no more. They didn't fizzle out. They still have story. Mimi, on the other hand, is boring. Like she's fizzled out. So people feel like if they come on the show and they beef with Yandy, they're gonna get more episodes, more screen time. Because these people get paid off of being seen and being in the drama. But, yes, this season was really heavy on everybody versus Yandy. Come at Yandy, get some shine. That's what it was really about. But another thing I didn't like about the show was um, everything that people was fighting over was just so old. Like, everything they was fighting over would happen five years ago, nine years ago, ten years ago. Nothing was really a current beef in this season. Like, none of the big storylines was current drama. Everything was just really old or happened 10 years ago. Like, for example, you have the Yandy and Chrissy situation. Like, that that beef was so long ago. Like, Yandy and Chrissy was beef in season two and Chrissy didn't return for season three. So they switched it up, brought on Joe Budden to Hiri. That was almost, I was 13 years old. No, that, I was 13 when Chrissy first came on the show. Um, I probably was about 15 years old, going on 16 when Chrissy left the show and her and Yandy was beefing. I'm 23 years old now. Like, I don't want to hear about beef from 
when you was managing Jim Jones because that is so long ago. And I feel like Yandy is past it and Chrissy isn't. Chrissy just wants everybody to see Yandy for what she sees Yandy for. And I definitely feel like it's backfiring on Chrissy because instead of like coming on and really showing what she's about, it just looks like she's basic like the other people who come on and just want to pick a fight to be relevant. And I just didn't like that. And I feel like it was corny and she definitely needs like better. Like she should have came on the show and she should have really been like, I don't even know what she does. She can't talk about business. She should have just been more into her relationship or whatever. Like, because Chrissy doesn't really do music or anything like that. But what got me was like, I feel like she came on the show and Yandy was all she had because to me, it don't seem like her and Jim are even really in a relationship. Like, it seemed like they friends or this is like a business dealing because like I don't really see Jim and Chrissy like loving on each other kissing each other all I see them doing is like really um I see them as business partners brother sister like it doesn't give me a romantic relationship between the two of them but that's yay or nay we're gonna move on to our next topic which is Yandy versus Kimbella this was the biggest beef of the season Kimbella just look sour grapes like that's what it looks like to me like watching the season it's just like Kimbella is beefing with Yandy because she feel like Yandy isn't being a hundred percent she feel like Yandy used her to fight her battles and then Yandy's mad at her because Kimbella spoke up about her adoptive child it even got to the point where Kimbella <clears throat> made up with Chrissy and Yandy didn't like that and Yandy had said a few things about it and Kimbella heard it and Kimbella was like why would you bring up her hitting me and stuff like that and Kimbella got physical with Yandy threw a drink at her or something like that like I don't want to see 40 year old women fighting about a fight that happened 10 years ago okay Kimbella and Chrissy that beef is so tired so old it's a shame that y'all just now making up about it but don't make up and then turn on Yandy like that's why Kimbella was mad because a lot of the fans was taking Yandy's side because it's like now that you are the dipset wives you're gonna turn on Yandy like that's corny and I definitely feel like Kimbella lost me with that one because I really like the Kimbella even when Chrissy kicked her in the face I was definitely here for the I'm still pretty moment but she lost me with that like don't switch up on your friend because you're now friends with Chrissy and that's what I felt like I got from Kimbella and the Kimbella and Yandy beef, I'm definitely Team Yandy, and I definitely feel like the viewers who watched it and my perspective would be Team Yandy too, because it just showed Kimbella as not being a good friend or not being loyal. That's what I seen her as after like this whole feud. Next beef that we have from Love and Hip Hop New York Part One was um, Rich Dollars versus Olivia. This was another big beef. So basically, Olivia made two songs during the show. In season three and four, um, walk away in December, I believe. And she found out from Cisco, who is um, a former cast member and Rich Dollar's friend, that Rich screwed her out of um, a lot of money, somewhere in the tens, tens of thousands of dollars or whatever. So I don't want to give you a false number. And she brought it up to Rich Dollars, and basically, Rich denied that he ever stole from her. He's saying Olivia owes him money, if anything, because he funded her career and stuff like that. Uh, what I have to say to that is this whole beef is boring. It's like we don't have proof. We haven't got a definitive answer whether he owed her or not. Hopefully, we could get more of that in the part two of the um of the um season of the franchise of Love and Hip Hop New York because 
it just ended with um Cisco. Cisco basically said to Olivia, he don't remember saying it. He didn't say it, he didn't say it. He and Rich is saying that it didn't happen. Olivia saying it did happen. So we have no proof. We don't have we don't know what happened either way. We don't know if Olivia's lying, we don't know if Rich is lying. But I definitely, in my opinion, feel like in this instance, I feel like Cisco was definitely being salty about why he told Olivia. But I do feel like Rich is lying. Cause the pain you see from this girl, the the energy she's telling you, like she's not coming across as a liar. I do feel like Rich probably owes her this money and doesn't want to look shady because he's trying to manage artists again. He doesn't want to manage them looking shady. He wants to like look like he has clean hands. But I definitely feel like Olivia is telling the truth in this situation. And I'm definitely leaning towards Olivia's side. So on a brighter note, one of the fresher things about the season, <laughs> pun intended, is Jen and Fresher. Like, I really like seeing them on the season because even though Jen was kind of getting annoying, that is a real relationship. Like, they both are young. That's one thing I like. They're young. They're fresh. They're from Brooklyn. Because a lot of the loving hip-hop people are from the Bronx and Harlem. They're from Brooklyn. Fresher is a current artist. He's still making music. Um, I just like that it was real. And, like, these people are really together. They really have kids. They really have a family. So it's not like, oh, I'm trying to make music. Let me hook up with this producer like it usually is. Um, <clears throat> I definitely like their storyline with the whole Fresh is always cheating. He's getting kicked out. Jen is crazy. She want to fight groupies. Um, I love the whole even adding Jenna Ski into their storyline because she's really talented. Um, I definitely feel like they all three should come back. Not necessarily like have um a storyline together with all three of them, but I definitely feel like all three of them should come back. I enjoy seeing all three of them on there because they was a fresh new energy to love and hip hop. Um, I feel like the show needs to revamp. They need to have younger stars like Jeneski and um and um Crusher and Jen. Cause I feel like the best the best times on Love and Hip Hop New York was when they had like the younger stars like the Mariah Lenz, Bianca Bonnie, um, Cardi B, Hennessy. Like I feel like that's when Love and Hip Hop New York was the best. Like that season seven with BBOD. That was a good season. I definitely feel like they should go back to that and try to get back to that, definite, most definitely, and get people that's not only from the Harlem and Bronx, get people that's from Brooklyn and Queens and stuff like that. Like, keep it fresh, keep it hot. Um, Next, we have Safari and Erica. They were on the season. During the season, Erica was pregnant. Um, She had got married to Safari. All types of gender reveals and stuff like that she had for her baby, um, baby showers and stuff like that. Uh, at the end of the first half of the season, Erica and Safari had moved back to Atlanta, and because Erica wants to raise her child, her child there. Okay, that's it. That's that for them too. My feelings on that is, I definitely didn't. I don't feel like Erica needed to come back for this season, and I definitely feel like Safari shouldn't have came back to New York. I feel like Safari works better in LA and Erica works better in New York, but she didn't really want to film with nobody else. I personally feel like this couple for me doesn't work and I don't know if they are gonna work long lasting because Erica is really like mean to Safari and like she's very mean, rude, and he's a fun, gentle spirit. I feel like she's very controlling. Like I didn't like when she told him Yandy couldn't come to the wedding or why would you invite Yandy and then start crying. Um, Erica emotions was really up and down. That is expected because she's pregnant. But I felt like pregnant people are supposed to be nice. She was really like a mean pregnant person. 
she was um yelling at Rich Dollars, even though he apologized to Safari and they worked it out. Like I feel like Erica is good at manipulating Safari. <clears throat> Excuse me. I feel like she's she's definitely like trying to get what she wants out of him. But in other Erica and Safari news, blogs are talking about that the two may have been the two may be broke and don't have enough money to support their lifestyle because Safari is now on OnlyFans selling his pictures and nudes for um $20 a month and the two are now jumping to um Love and Hip Hop Atlanta because they need to be on episodes they need to be filmed to make money and the streets are saying that they're broke and I don't know okay but all in all <clears throat> I feel like the show needs to revamp and get rid of a lot of people that are currently on the show for example I feel like Joe Budden can go because he's, he's getting... Him and Remy Ma gets the biggest checks from the show. But Remy... Um, Joe isn't really giving us what we need. Since Santana is really boring on the show, she's more fun on Instagram, YouTube, but she's boring on the show. Um, he's not really reacting to her. He's not reactive. Like, when she's going off and, like, expressing herself, he really just sits there. So I definitely feel like Joe Budden could go. Sin can go. Um, Tahiri also can go because she's not giving us what we want or what we need either. She doesn't have a um, relationship. She's not doing music. She's really a supportive character of Erica. And I feel like Erica and Safari can go as well. So Tahiri can go. Chrissy and Jim can definitely go. I didn't really, I wasn't one of the people that really missed them on the show. I feel like um, Chrissy and Jim are both boring. Um, I don't feel like they really are in a relationship no more. I feel like they're just trying to save face. And it's like a business arrangement, which I feel like with a lot of couples. Like, for example, Cardi B and Offset. I feel like that's a business arrangement. I don't feel like Offset really liked Cardi B. I feel like he got into something and now he can't get out of it. Um, I feel like Kimbella can go. Kimbella is just like her storyline is not there. Joelle is currently locked up. I would like to see one episode of her next season when Joelle's get out, but I definitely feel like Kimbella could go. Um, Jonathan can go. I'm tired of him screaming and yelling at women and causing drama. I just feel like Jonathan is so annoying. He could go back to the K Michelle show. Uh, this one pains me to say, but my girl Juju can go because she's just. She's not giving us what we need. All her drama is on the shade room and not on TV, which is bad, okay? Um, I definitely feel like they should bring back Mariah Lynn because she saved season nine from being boring as it was and it still was whack, but she saved them. So I feel like Mariah Lynn should come back. I definitely feel like I want to see Nia Lee come back. Um, Bianca Bonnie should have never been gone. I need her back. I'm here for Riley coming back. I'm here for BBOD coming back. Um, I'm here for Hennessy coming back in a supportive role, like something like Tahiri was in. But yeah, that's it. Like that's all I want to see from Love and Hip Hop of New York because this season was a mess. Um, I definitely want to say, guys, stay tuned for part two of Love and Hip Hop New York season ten. Maybe it gets better. Maybe it doesn't. Who knows? Just toss your hands in the air and ask Mona, "What are you doing, girl?" We're going to move on to our next show, which is Marriage Bootcamp Hip Hop, okay, edition. I love this show. I didn't think I was going to like this show. I love the show. I love Dr. Ish. I love that they have the OG black icon, Judge Lynn Toler, on there. I love her from Divorce Court. Um, 
I love the couples and how interesting they was. I love the drills. You know, I love a good lie detector test moment on TV. Um, they had some good couples on there, brought some good energy. Um, it was a lot of big storylines that happened inside of the show. So, for example, my the first couple that I was going to is my favorite couple that I want to discuss first is Jocelyn and Ballistic. If you guys don't know Jocelyn, she's from Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. Jocelyn is everything, okay? She, from the broken English to the body to the drama to the facial expressions, Jocelyn just brought it this whole season. Um, her and Ballistic are both fiery, and it's good to see. Like, he's not as laid back as CBJ. He's more aggressive. And I feel like they work for each other. He really loves her. He takes care of his daughter. I, what I love most about their storyline is Jocelyn really got vulnerable and... She um she showed that Stevie was trying to take custody of Bonnie Bella. She talked about her childhood, how she was abused, and how rough it was for her. And also, his childhood was very rough. He couldn't show his emotions. I felt like they grew from the beginning to the end because in the beginning, he was, like, having a fit because she was partying at the pool party. And then in the end, they was, like, kind of trying to hate each other out. So, And he proposed to her in the end. So congratulations for Jocelyn Hernandez for being engaged to the producer, Ballistic. So shout out to them. They were my favorite couple. If you guys didn't watch it, you guys should watch Marriage Bootcamp Hip Hop Edition or whatever you want to call it. Um, Then we have Bianca Bonnie from Love & Hip Hop New York and Choses, which is, you know what's crazy? Bianca and Choses, their whole big storyline was... Basically, he had a white girlfriend on the side, and people believed that Bianca and Choses wasn't in a real relationship. But I follow Bianca on Instagram, and her and Choses were together probably two years ago. Since, like, two or three years ago, they were together. So I just feel like they are a real couple. They just don't know what they want to do, whether it's be together or not be together. The two were kicked off the show, actually, because the um, judge and Dr. Ish felt like it wasn't fair to the other couples. But congratulations to Bianca and Chosen because Bianca is now pregnant. So now they have no choice but to be a real couple for 18 years. But I definitely feel like Chosen is in love with that white girl that he with. Sorry, Bianca, because me and Bianca, we real close. I love Bianca. But I feel like Chosen is in love with the white girl. And I feel like Bianca, she could do better. Like, she's really a talented rapper. And I don't feel like she needs to be going out with Asian Doll's friend, okay? She could do way better than a runner, okay? Bianca needs the head drug dealer. She needs ghosts because she is Kasha, okay? But we're going to move on to our next couple with Michelle and Stu. And I love Michelle, but her and Stu got on my nerves. Their whole big thing is Michelle thought, Michelle thought that Stu was interested in Jocelyn, which caused a lot of drama in the house. And she felt like Stu wanted a younger, more attractive woman. She was very insecure, maybe because of the things she went through with Dr. Dre and Suge Knight. But... They were so annoying to me on the show, and I was really over them, and they were not it. They stayed together in the end. I didn't know why. I don't know why. I felt like the two should definitely separate, and Stu should, like, get a new girl, because Michelle doesn't appreciate him, and I feel like he's putting himself through mental drama, like, trying to stay with her, but, yeah, we're going to move on from that. Next, we have CeeLo and Shawnee, super producer. You know CeeLo. CeeLo has hits for days, and his, um... His girlfriend, Shawnee, and, or fiance, I don't know what she is. I don't want to label her the wrong thing. They just were, like, they were a brush of fresh air. They wasn't a bad couple, but they wasn't good. They had their problems, too. Shawnee wants to get married. CeeLo doesn't know if he's ready for a commitment. But I definitely feel like the two work for each other. They understand each other. 
the funniest thing ever is you gotta see CeeLo going through the um little obstacle course they have where it's like, why is that shocked you? So funny. So messed up because they know CeeLo is big as hell. But yeah, that was definitely a good I love them and they stay together in the end. So if you guys didn't watch it, check out CeeLo and Shawnee. Next is another couple that I didn't know that I really was gonna like. They definitely really warmed my heart was um Styles P and Ajwa. Um if you don't know who Styles P is, he's a legendary rapper out of New York. Um, Styles and Ajua problem was that they really um, felt like they were drifting apart. They've been married for years on top of years. And one of the things that they talked about on the show was the um, death of their daughter, how their daughter committed suicide. And it really resonated with me because the daughter killed herself over being in love and stuff like that. And we all have been in love to the point where we feel like we're going crazy and we do crazy things because we're in love. And they just wanted to focus on their relationship. They talked about an affair that Styles had with the other woman. And I just love Ajua. Like, she's my favorite individual character of the show. She kept it real. She said what she thought. And they worked it out and they stayed together. I definitely feel like the two love each other. And they're hip-hop royalty, obviously. So I'm just glad that they worked it out. And if you guys really never seen these two, you need to watch their Breakfast Club interview. You need to watch the show. Um... They definitely get vulnerable. And I love Styles and Ajua. Like, shout-outs to them. Shout-out to Ajua. She's my favorite singular character from the show, even though I came in. You know, I love Jocelyn. But Ajua really, like, pulled my heartstrings or something. I really just love this woman, and I want her to succeed in life. And, yeah. I definitely give... This show was definitely better than Love & Hip Hop New York. If we're going to... Out of five stars, I give, I'm giving this show, like, a 4.5. It was that good, like, a 4.5. Um, we're going to move on to our next show, which is Love and Hip Hop Miami. We have done updates on this show, uh, probably we only miss about maybe two weeks of doing updates on this show. So we are just going to discuss the reunion of Love and Hip Hop Miami. This season was season three. It was fresh. It was new faces in it on the show, like Suki, Santana, Nikki Natural, Chameleon, and Hoodbrat. So I definitely feel like this is what Love and Hip Hop New York needs to do is bring on new fresh faces that's popping already on the internet or just not even, they don't even have to be popping, just be young and relevant and really into music because these are real artists. Like Chameleon, Hoodbrat, Suki, and Santana are real artists that had songs before Love and Hip Hop that really go to the studio and do what they're supposed to do. Uh... The reunion started off nice. Everybody was getting along until they wasn't. So, one of the big beats from the reunion was Santana versus um, Miami Tip. So, basically, Saucy Santana felt like he had got shot in a nightclub. We Everybody knows this story. He had got shot in a nightclub. And he had got shot after leaving the nightclub. He was driving in the car with his homegirl. And basically, um, somebody rolled up and shot up the car. It was believed to be a person that was from the club. So Santana told, spoke, he didn't even speak about it yet. People was assuming it was LGBT hate and stuff like that. And Santana never said it was. He never spoke about it. And then Miami Tip, because she a stripper at the club, she took it upon herself to go on live and tell the peoples what happened. Or at least from her opinion, what happened, which was she was saying Santana was doing too much. He was twerking in the thong and the nigga shot at him. They were saying Santana was like, just doing too much and being over overly flamboyant. So Santana didn't like that because he claimed that it was false. Other people in the club claimed that that was false. 
and he came at Tiff and they had a big social media beef. So when they sat down to talk about it, they both clashed again at the reunion saying how they both felt. But what I seen was I feel like Tiff was not apologetic for what she done, even though it wasn't her place to speak up about it. And then I feel like, um, Oh my god, I'm blanking out. I feel like Tip basically was being homophobic. Like she was assuming something. She didn't she wasn't really she was there but she wasn't there. I feel like she was trying to put a stereotype out about gay people and about Santana. And I've been around Santana. I went to his album release party in New York. He doesn't seem as flamboyant as he come off in person as he is when he's at home on live. And I definitely feel like Santana handled her in a classy way. He didn't disrespect her as like he didn't disrespect her. He was really nice about the whole situation. And um basically I just feel like Tip Tip was in the wrong. And I feel like Santana handled it. Tip Santana handled it in a nice way. And I feel like he he just showed his true colors, which is that he's not that person that she put him out to be, and she showed her true colors was that apparently she has a problem with LGBTQ um we're gonna move on to our next topic of the show which is just suki versus nikki natural again so the host claudia jordan which i feel like she did a great job at hosting the show talked about how suki had a black girls brunch and nikki natural wasn't invited and suki said she felt like she shouldn't invite her because of the previous drama that they had and i feel like that's right if I'm not going to invite you to my event, if you don't like me, I don't like you, we just had a fight, why would I invite you somewhere where I know you're going to bring drama already because you're mad that I just beat you up on camera, even though Hood Brat really beat her up on camera? Um, I definitely feel like the art, they started arguing, and Suki started saying that um, Nicki Nash was a hoe, she just sucked his daddy dick, that's how she got on the show. And maybe that is how she got on the show, but I definitely feel like... This beef is going on too long. It's dragging out too much. I definitely feel like Suki is the winner of this beef because everybody loves Suki. She's still getting shine. Nikki Natural, she getting her shine as well, but that's because she beefing with Trina. Not because she beefing with Suki. I feel like Nikki Natural and um, Suki could definitely stop the beef and let it go. Unlike Trina and Nikki. Now let's get into that. So everybody knows that Nikki Natural and Trina don't like each other. They got into a whole big thing when she called Trina a bitch while she was fighting hood rap. So when they went to the reunion, she said once she called Trick and Trina the queen crabs, queen and king crabs of Miami, and it just went all downhill from there. Trina called her kids dirty. Trina called her bum. She said, when I gave you the opportunity to hit that stage and hit that stage, you should have hit that stage and did what you were supposed to do. Trick only vouched for one bitch, and that is me, the baddest bitch, and you can never be that. That is word for word what Trina told Nikki Natural, and Trina killed Nikki Natural, okay? R.I.P. to Nikki Natural. I just feel like she digged her, her own grave, and Trina just threw her body in it. Um, I definitely feel like overall this was a great reunion. I definitely love I like Claudia Jordan as the um reunion host because I feel like they needed to switch it up from Nina Parker because it was getting dry with Nina Parker. She wasn't really being as impartial as she should be as a host. I feel like she was taking certain people's sides and not allowing everyone to speak. Um she was definitely beefing with cast members herself. And I feel like this is definitely a better vibe with um, Nina and, I mean, with Claudia in the front and Kendall in the back. But if I have to give the um, Love & Hip Hop Miami reunion 
amount of stars. I would definitely give it. Oh, I'm gonna give it a solid four because Prima Donna was so annoying during the reunion. I hope they do not bring Prima Donna back. She was just trying to hate on Amada so she could get some scene. But we're gonna move on to our next show, okay? Which is Waka and Tammy Meet the Flockers. So this is a new show that I didn't really get to talk about since um since we've been since we've been on quarantine from Coronisha. Um, so the show starts off, you know, Waka and Tammy from Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. Um, basically it starts off with Miss Deb trying to get a grandbaby from Tammy. So basically, Miss Deb wants Waka and Tammy to have kids. And I feel like it's kind of weird that they don't have a child of their own, like, together. They do have Tammy's daughter, who Waka is basically like her father. I just feel like it's weird that they've been together for all of these years and don't have children. Like, why don't you guys have kids yet? Like, you're not spring chickens no more. Y'all been together for 10, 15 years. Where is the baby? I'm kind of on this death side. Like, they, Tammy feel like she has to sing and Deb is pressuring her. This is too much. I have a kid, but I'm on this death side. Like, where is the baby? Where is the baby, Tammy? Like, you can't keep trying to avoid this. I feel like it's weird that these two don't have a baby. Like, do you guys want to be together for life or not? Like, you already wasted your good years together. So, just have this baby. Definitely team Deb on that one. Then you have what I don't like about the show is that Tammy is looking like the villain of the show. Like you have this one scene where she's um yelling at Walker, cursing Walker out, hitting Walker. Then she's um arguing with her daughter, putting her daughter on punishment because she had friends over, and then she's cutting her daughter hair. I feel like it just went too far with the whole cutting her hair. Told her she couldn't do her hair, but she had to do her hair because she had to go to school, so she had got braids. Tammy runs around, chases her, and cuts the braids out with scissors. I felt like that was too much. Like, I feel like she's trying to show that she's been hard caring and stuff like that, but it's just like you're doing too much. Like, why cut the girl hair? Like, that's just too much. Um, it's definitely like Tammy's looking to be the villain of the show and stuff like that. Uh. One of the biggest things that came out of the Walker and Tammy show, Meet the Flossers, is Tammy, Walker says that cheating, made, cheating on Tammy made her a stronger person. And I just feel like that is some bullshit. I just feel like it didn't make her a stronger person, it made her a damaged person. And it just shows how much, how arrogant he really is as a person to think that him cheating on his wife made her a better person. Like, that is crazy, that is arrogant, that is like some wicked shit to say. So, I don't know how to feel about that. I definitely feel like um, Walker's digging himself into a hole. And Tammy, if Tammy gonna go on TV and say she agreed with it, she went on um, lip service saying she agreed with it, it didn't make her a better person. I don't feel like you are a better person because, um, somebody cheated on you like I just feel like you need to be a stronger woman and overall I'm gonna give this show because I don't feel like it's gonna have a season two but I'm gonna give this show definitely like a three a low three out of five stars and yeah we're gonna move on to our next show which is Real Housewives of Potomac it has been canceled due to the coronavirus. Coronisha Jackson has canceled. Um, the season, the season had got pushed back. 
so what we have is the release of the super trailer, which is Karen's marriage is looking rocky, and Ray said that he's not in love with her anymore. Then we have Monique and Karen's physical, Monique and Candace's physical altercation, which is over their beef that was from season four. I believe this is season five, basically. Um, Monique turned on Candace and started friending up Ashley, telling, showing um, Candace's text messages to Ashley, which led to the two getting into a physical altercation at a brunch. And now it's as if, um, well, it wasn't a physical altercation. It really was an attack because it was one-sided. It was really Monique attacking Candace and um, trying to drag her. She really did drag her. And that's all we really got from the um, trailer. We got a new housewife, which is um, Wendy, Dr. Wendy Osefo. Um, she seems like she's a fireball. She's not here to play with anybody at all. She's letting them know that she, she let Ashley know that she is a doctor. She's not just a wife. She's somebody's with an occupation. She has a degree and she don't need to sleep with no old white man to get where she wants to go. I definitely like Dr. Wendy Osefo. And I feel like Candace and Monique definitely should get back to being on good terms and being good friends how they used to be in previous seasons because they're too beefing and arguing and fighting. It's just too much. And it, it's becoming one of those beefs like Quad and Mariah's that just drags and drags and drags. And I don't like it. I don't want it. I don't want a beef that's going to seem like it's going to be 70 episodes in. And from what I'm hearing, it's as if the cast are siding with Candace. And they feel like Monique is taking it too far and lowering the stock of the show, making them seem like they're ghetto black girls and not accomplished women that they are. And I would have to agree with them. I feel like Monique is just taking it too far. She was wrong in the whole situation, showing Candace's text messages and turning on your friend. If that's your friend and y'all talking about somebody, then y'all talking about somebody. You're gonna take, you should be woman enough to take your friend's side no matter what. And then stand on it. So I definitely feel like um, Monique is wrong in all aspects, all aspects of this fight. And I'm excited for season five. I need Corona to clear up so they could air it, so they could do a proper reunion. Cause I'm not here for no virtual reunions and stuff like that. Um, I don't know why would they push the show back? Cause usually these shows have 26 episodes. So it would be able to like, you know, carry on and go all the way out to 26 weeks I don't think we're going to be in Corona no more 26 weeks so I definitely feel like they should have aired the show but I'm not the executive at Bravo I am exec the executive of ZTV and the Ratchet Hour okay um we're going to move on to our next thing which is Marry Some Medicine the show isn't back but there's still drama going on apparently Mariah Huff who is the executive producer and creator of the show wasn't given a contract to come back this season. And it was also said that Quad wasn't given a contract to come back this season. So I feel like that beef that they had for years have finally backfired that one them because people aren't interested in seeing that anymore. Um, Quad has went on um, Jason Lee's show, Hollywood Unlocked. And said that she is still going to be on the show, still going to get a contract. But Toya, which is my favorite, I kind of, I really like Mariah is my favorite, but Toya is my favorite. I like Toya is my favorite of the current one. Toya and um, Dr. Simone went live, and they spoke about 
how Quad is a friend of the show. She is not a cast member. And they said that's the only way that Quad be coming back because she didn't get a contract. They saying that Mariah is officially gone. They saying that Buffy Purcell was fired. Um, they talked about how Dr. Simone and Dr. Heavenly aren't good friends anymore. They're close. I mean, they're cool, but they aren't what they used to be. They talked about how Heavenly is a horrible person, which I feel like Heavenly is a horrible person. She gives me, like, evil church lady vibes. Like, she reminds me of the, the church ladies that just talk about everybody behind their back and smile in their face. That's what I get from Dr. Heavenly. I don't feel like there's a genuine bone in her body, and I feel like she will um, destroy whatever she has to destroy to get where she needs to go. And, yeah, that's about it. Um, I'm excited for the new season. I do wish that Mariah gets a contract because I feel like Mariah is the mean elite of the show. But apparently Bravo is cutting budgets because I feel like they're getting rid of all the expensive characters. They're getting rid of all of the people that are costing them this big amount of money. Um, I feel like they want to just keep her in either or role, okay? I feel like they want her to be the producer and just stay off the show. Or they want her to be a main character and get rid of her producer and EP credits and all of that stuff. Which is dumb. I would keep my EP credits over keeping a seat at the table. I don't. I would rather be a boss than a worker bee. But who knows? This fame thing is dangerous. Mariah may just want to be on TV to say that she... Do you want the receipts? But we're going to move on to our final show, which is Real Housewives of Atlanta. So... We talk about the show a lot week to week, so I'm not going to go over the whole entire show, but I'm going to stop at where I think we left off. And where I think we left off was when the girls went to Greece. Um, so when they got to Greece, the whole big news was out that Kenya is getting the divorce from Mark Daly. Um, if you guys don't watch the show, he doesn't treat her right. It doesn't seem like he wants to be with her. It doesn't seem like he loves her at all. But Kenya is my favorite housewife of the Atlanta franchise. I really enjoy her. I feel like she's good for the show. She stirs the pot. She isn't afraid to say what she has to say. She says it to your face. She's not a confessional gangster. Uh, when they go on a trip, Kenya says she might not go because she's going through this big divorce. It's publicized. It's on TMZ. It's on this. It's on the news. It's on all the blogs. So, the girls go ahead without Kenya, but when they get there, in real reality TV fashion, she's there. Uh, when she gets there, they she asks that the girls not ask about it. She speaks with Candy. They're the co-host of the trip. So, everything was peachy keen. Everything was fine until they went on this little dinner in the sky in a hot air balloon, and Cynthia was... Um, drinking wine and somebody asked her basically Kenya started questioning her about wine because Cynthia has a wine business and Cynthia knew nothing about the wine business and at first it seemed like um, she was asking these questions because she cared but then it came off as bullying and it came off as a lot of hate like it came off as if she was just trying to make it look like Cynthia ain't know shit about the wine business which apparently she don't know shit about the wine business uh, after that, Portia goes and she talks to Cynthia about how she didn't like how that came off and da 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 da, and she should bring it up to Kenya and all of this and all of that. Later on in the day, Portia, who was beefing with Nene Lee, has a sit down with Nene. They talk about how they used to be sisters, and Portia goes and says to Nene, 
Life was so hard without you. And all this bullshit to get back in any good graces. And the two squash day problems, which was which seemed to me to be a little phony because in the beginning of this season, for damn near 15 episodes, more than 15, maybe 17 episodes, Portia talked about how phony Nini was, how much of a bad friend she was, and all of this and all of that. But that's neither here or there. Um, because they have a reunion approaching, so that will get out regardless. So as they get to later on in the trip, they do this ruins party, which was Tanya and Portia's idea, which is they talk about their problems and they squash it and never to be talked about again. So Kenya and Cynthia talk about their problems. Portia and whoever talked about their problem. Portia and Nini. Everybody gets their problems out until they get to Nini and Kenya. Um, a big blow up. No, Nini and Cynthia squashed their problem. And Nini just was like, Cynthia, if that was me, you would have like dragged it. You would have made it a bigger thing and this, that, and the third. And Kenya was like, it's not about you right now. You have been. And Nini was just like, no, I will whoop your ass. I will tear you up. Nini got up out of her seat, started throwing popcorn at this woman, spitting popcorn at this woman, and then it looked like she was going to hawk spit on her. But she didn't. She kind of did like an air spit, like a, a punk fate. Like, you don't really want me to do this to you because I'll do it to you. Um, That was crazy within itself. I would have to definitely say that... Uh, Nini has gone to a new low, in my opinion. I definitely feel like um, Nini needs to... I'm going to get into that name. So then, the girls come back from Greece. This is the finale episode. And the whole big thing is about uh, Candy's baby shower. So at Candy's baby shower, all the ladies are there. They're all dressed up and stuff like that. Candy, of course, has a surrogate. We learn in this episode that Candy and Todd, mom, Candy's mom and Todd is not getting along at all. Todd feels like Mama Joyce is disrespectful. Mama Joyce feels like Todd is using Candy, as a lot of people do. And basically, in this episode, we just see how disrespectful Todd is to Candy. But when they squash it all at the baby shower, give each other a kiss, everything's all good in the Tuckerbury's home. Then you have... At the baby shower, another Nini versus Kenya moment, which is just getting like too redundant. Like, are you are you two ladies gonna fight everywhere you go? Are you two almost fifty year old women gonna fight everywhere? It's just annoying and it's boring and it's just too much for like the viewers. Uh, in this episode, oh, this is a one I forgot to talk about. You got to see Portia and Dennis go at it, and Dennis brings up a prenup. And Portia just doesn't like it at all. Which I feel like is a sign on both ends. Because why would he want to bring up a prenup? Because that, that's letting you know the marriage is already going to fail. And then my thing is, why is she so opposed to signing a prenup? If you're so loyal. If you're so down to ride. Why you don't want to sign a prenup? But yeah, that's it. Then we learn Cynthia. And Mike, Cynthia want, is going to move to LA for Mike. She's going to leave Atlanta and move to LA. We got to see Eva's new home. Uh... What I feel like I'm missing the house. Right. Tanya and Paul is good. Marlo's still raising them chickens. I feel like I'm missing one. I feel like that's everybody. that's everybody. But yeah, Kenya and Nini are fighting again. And it's just bad for TV. Um, They interrupted Candy's whole speech about her surrogate and stuff like that. And I just felt like that was whack. And that is just like too much going on. 
But in real life, the drama was even spilling out outside the show. It's like Nene versus everyone. She is, she's saying that Eva, she's coming at Eva, okay? She's saying that Eva is boring. Eva is not good for the show. Eva should lose her peach. She's saying that Candy is blocking her blessings. Candy is stopping her from getting a spinoff. Uh, she's saying that Kenya will be the end of the show. And basically, Nene's saying that she wants girls like Phaedra back. She feel like if she has to fight with Kenya, Candy should boss up and have to fight with Phaedra, which I agree with. I feel like Phaedra should come back. She's saying that she wants Sheree back and she wants Kim back, the OGs of the show. Because I feel like Nene thinks that her position is being threatened right now. I don't feel like Sheree needs to come back or Kim. But I am here for Phaedra coming back. I feel like if Nene has to defend herself, I definitely feel like Candy needs to defend herself against Phaedra and all of this going on. And then you have Nene versus Yavanna with Snakegate. So the whole big news of the story is that Snakegate was created by Nene Leakes. Yavanna is saying that... um. Basically, Nene promised that if she came on, she filmed for her because nobody wants to film with Nene. That next season, Yavanna would be a main housewife. So basically, Nene set up Yavanna to say that she has this audio about Cynthia trashing Nene, but it doesn't really exist. There's really no audio of the thing going on. So at the end of the day, it was all a lie and all a joke. By, by Nene, just to come at, just to get Nirvana to come at Cynthia and make Cynthia look like a bad guy and make Nene look like, whoa, it's me. They're really always attacking me. But it didn't work out for her. And Nirvana is now telling us all the tea. She's letting us know that Nene planned all of this. And all of this is going to come to a head at the reunion that they virtually filmed where all the ladies tuned in from their homes because we are on quarantine. So basically, if you don't know, Nene had left the reunion because she didn't feel like it was fair that Yavanna was there. Nene sent Yavanna a season and assist because she didn't want this to come out. But if you didn't know, Yavanna is that bitch from Clark and she can go where she pleases. And she went to the reunion and Nene left her show. So I just wanted to let you guys know what was going on in reality TV. I'm going to tell you more about this when the reunion airs. I'm going to get more into Real Housewives of Atlanta. But if I have to give this show a rating this season which is season 12 I believe I would definitely give it a a 4 because it wasn't really it was it started off strong and then it fizzled out after Snake Gate a 4 a low 4 almost a 3.5 but that was it guys for the reality rebound I was just giving you a mini show so you guys can catch up on all the drama that's going on in reality TV if I missed any shows that you guys want to talk about, make sure to comment down below. Make sure you guys click my YouTube link and you subscribe to my channel and hit the notification bell. I'm definitely going to put that in the description of this podcast. Make sure you guys follow me on Instagram at underscore Rashamel. That is underscore R-A-S-H-A-M-E-L. Make sure you guys listen to this podcast. I do one every week, sometimes twice a week. My podcast is on Spotify, Apple Music, and SoundCloud. And... Yeah, it's your boy Alexei Rashamel, and I'm out until next time, guys. Juhert!